Welcome to the Resilient Kids podcast. I'm delighted to be back here sharing with you conversations with parents that help you to be the best parent that you can be. I would like to take this opportunity also to say thank you to all of those who of you who have been listening. And in the 12 weeks since we have been um, on air, we have managed to get ourselves into 12 different countries, which is absolutely exciting. So let's sit back and enjoy this episode of the Resilient Kids podcast. Well, good morning, uh, Katie, and good morning, everybody. I'm um, Madeline Taylor from Resilient Kids, and this is our um, podcast, 20, 25 minutes or so. Uh, I'd like you to welcome Katie, uh, and um, Katie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm Katie Sheriff. I am a mother of an eight-year-old. I've got a male partner and I live in Wellington. Fantastic. And what do you think that you'd like to talk about with us today, Katie? Well, there are quite a lot of different things that I thought I could talk about, but I think the one I'm probably most interested in is new family dynamics. Um, and so what it was like bringing a, a partner into um, a single parenting dynamic mm -hmm. okay that's a really useful conversation because often we talk about um, what it's like when we're coming to be on our own but we don't talk much about how to um, recreate it or create um, a new entity which is really what you're doing and forming a whole new group so um, what do you already know about it Katie well that's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? So when um when I had my son, so I raised him um as a single parent from when I was pregnant, mm -hmm. and so in terms of what I know about bringing a new person into the relationship, it was to be honest mostly what I'd heard on TV, um what I'd seen in movies, and you know it was it tended to be those rose tinted glasses, you know, where everything ends in a happy ending. Yay! Um, <laughs> exactly. I didn't expect all the different road bumps that, mm -hmm. it, that it has. Um, I, I definitely wasn't really prepared for what the strain would be like on myself, on my son um, and my now partner. So it was it was sort of going in blind, to be honest. And then okay. as we were navigating everything, I realized that there's a huge, there was a, a lack of support and resources available out there. You know, it tends to be focused on parenting as a couple or parenting on your own and not this new sort of dynamic mm. so if you were going to be writing a book or a little well we're, we're talking about it now so you know what would your advice be to um new families reconstituting themselves you know if you were listening to this maybe all those years ago or I don't know how long ago it was um those times ago what do you think you'd be wanting to hear about things that would make it easier for you I think it would have been good to hear some validation to know that it's okay to not always be okay and to know that it is it's perfectly normal to have um high tensions to have some confusion perhaps even to have some doubt I think those are very real and valid feelings that everybody has 
um, some advice is um, it takes time and it takes effort from everyone. So it takes effort from the, the parent, from the partner, from the children as well. It, you know, it, it really does have to be everybody putting the work into the relationship um, and having time for myself having time with my partner and having time with my child, but also ensuring that they have time together as well, because it's really important to foster these relationships between all of us and open communication. Mm-hmm. We've really, really benefited from being quite open, quite honest, talking about our needs, talking about what we're wanting from our relationships and then um, putting in that work to give each other what we need and setting quite clear boundaries for you know what may and may not work. Mm. and how did you know to do all that (laughs) um some of it was intuition some of it was um I took a a parenting course uh about three years ago and I learned a lot then and I'm speaking to other people as well so speaking to friends who had been in similar situations there's always the doom scrolling on the internet which may or may not actually be quite helpful personally I find it quite useful going into some um some online groups of single parents bringing people into their fold and listening to their advice was actually quite helpful for me. Um, It's just sort of nice to hear that perspective, sometimes from anonymous people about what does and doesn't work. Right. So you've talked a lot about um, the things that you did, but how did you actually get to do it? What did you actually have to do? What we had to do, a lot of it was we we have what they are called family meetings. Mm-hmm. And so maybe once a month, what we'll do is we'll get together and it's an opportunity to say, hey, I've really appreciated you doing this. And I wanted to say thank you so much. Um, and so, you know, just sort of talking about what works really well, but also highlighting what hasn't been working well. And so, for instance, it might be, you know, um, in the mornings you've been walking around really loudly and, you know, um, it's you know it's hard to start the day off when you're feeling a bit you know not angry but you know just a bit someone that someone else is in my space that I'm not used to and so it's you know thinking about now I've seen this behavior and 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 this is what I don't like about it and what can we do differently and so not you know for instance telling my partner or my son what we want differently and vice versa but having them thinking about well this is what's happening this is how I feel so what can we collectively do about it um and it really really changed our dynamic and it got to the point where family meetings were becoming less about here's what I don't like and more about the, hey, let's just spend time together and, you know, let's just appreciate each other. And so we we clearly set those boundaries in. We've also set up um, like dates. And so, for instance, um, once a week or so, my partner and my son will go out and have, you know, a date night or a boys night as they call it. Um, once a week I'll go out with my son and so we quite often take our dog and we go out on adventures and we just that's our time together and then my partner and I get a date night Um, so that's been really helpful in terms of we make time for each other and we give the other person time you know to do their own thing Mm -hmm. but things like that were really quite helpful in terms of the practical stuff we did yeah what else did you do what else did we do um having time as a family and so we stopped watching uh tv while we ate dinner mm. and we started having dinner at the table and that was a time when we just have a little bit of music in the background our phones are away we're eating dinner and we talk about you know what was the highlight of your day um what did you learn today how are you feeling 
And having that family time as a unit has really brought us a lot closer together. Mm. And other things as well, you know, like your your weekly traditions. So on Friday nights, we'll have fakeaways or something like that, and we'll watch a big movie on the projector. And just having that time together is really helpful. But I think the biggest thing for us has just been really honest, open communication. And wow. so you know, if I can see either um, myself or my partner or my son is, you know, upset or tense or something, you know, giving them their space because we need that. But also having that opportunity to talk about, you know, what's happened, what can we do about it? Do we need to come together or do you just want a one-on-one conversation? Wow. So that sounds really lovely. What is still causing some worry? still causing some worry it's hard to say because at the moment we're in such a good place yay Um, yeah it's great I'm really happy I feel like I should touch wood um but you know I I think that the worries come less from our dynamic and more about what's going on you know in terms of we've we've been in the middle of a pandemic and everything and it's sort of you know when you're in lockdown with everyone in the unit it can be quite stressful but even then if we compare the very first lockdown to where we are now, the first lockdown was intense. So it was really, really hard for us. We were in a tiny little home and we were on each other all the time. And tensions got high because we hadn't put in that open communication and those had those tools that we really needed. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, because we've been working on it for about three years, we're in a place now where it's not so hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say everything's perfect, but my worries compared to where we were three years ago are so much less. And I'm mm. thinking about other things instead of us. Mm. So that sounds really lovely. And thank you for sharing those really practical tools of spending time together, spending time apart and having special times, um, creating some boundaries and kind of ways of rituals in your family so that you can really um, get to know each other and then having some agreements around open conversations and those family meetings. Um, all of that sounds really, really cool. What are the skills that you actually had to develop and grow in order to be able to do those things? One was feeling brave enough to speak up. You know, mm. sometimes I, I tend to be the kind of person that I don't want to speak up about how I feel because I want everybody to be happy. Sure. And, you know, I, I sort of avoid conflict, if you will. And so one was speaking, um, feeling brave enough to speak up and knowing that I'm going to be hurt. Mm. Um, active listening, it was a really useful tool that I learned. And so it's asking questions such as what and how instead of why. And so, for instance, instead of saying, why did you do this? It was, what did you think would happen? And so having giving people that opportunity to really talk about you know, the actions and, and, and what they did. And instead of me sort of see, putting them on the defense, if you will, uh, and that sort of made our open communication just a lot healthier, a lot easier. And we were able to understand where each perspective was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, also setting some sort of boundaries for myself in my own time has been something really useful because it was just my son and I for such a long time. And we are so very, very, very close. Mm. Um, I didn't really have that many boundaries for myself and right. taking the time out to do what I needed to do. And so with all of this open communication, I've been able to think about, well, what do I need when I'm feeling stressed? And that might be going for a walk 
or that might be sitting in my room and reading a book or that might be cooking a meal or something anything but it's having that ability to acknowledge how I'm feeling and to say this is what works for me so this is what I'm going to do to help ease the tension or just to simply get away or do what I need to do because it doesn't just benefit me it benefits everybody else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well that sounds really neat so being able to um, manage by practicing those open questions by setting some boundaries for yourself around your own self-care and by being able to practice that act of listening enabled you to be able to have this open communication. Um, The other thing that you talked about was the decision that you made to be brave. How, and how did you manage that? (laughs) It wasn't easy because it has really gone against who I am as a person, which is, you know, keep the pace, keep the pace. Um, it was, it was really just a case of getting to the point where you think I can either erupt or I can talk about it in quite a cool, calm, collected way, which is what I expect of other people as well. And it's also about putting myself in the other person's shoes and thinking, you know, they don't want to go hear this roaring about a really small situation when it could have been talked about as it happened. Mm. And it was genuinely just speaking up and just doing it once and then, you know, getting quite a respectful, kind, listening response, um, which is, you know, you always think that you're going to head in for a fight or something, and that wasn't the case. And when I saw that, I was being brave, but I was being brave into a really safe space. It was like, okay, I've done it once. I can do it again. Mm. And it's still difficult. You know, I'll be honest. It is It is a behavior that I am, that I do have to actively work on. Mm. But the more I do it, the more comfortable I feel. Yeah. And the interesting thing, isn't it, that somehow or rather we think that we have to keep the peace by not telling people what it is that we need. And yet, how do they know unless we tell them? Exactly. They can't read minds and I can't read minds. And because we set that example, it means that everyone else can speak up as well, Mm. because I might be doing something that somebody doesn't like. Mm -hmm. And I need to know that so that I can be more mindful. It's, it's, yeah. So how has it been that you've been able to practice receiving that feedback when people don't like what it is that you've been doing? What's that been like? I mean, no one ever really likes being put in that position, but I tend to take feedback on quite well. And you, and I think it's acknowledging that it's not coming from a bad place. It's coming from a place of love and people are raising it because they want it to be better, Mm. Um, not to sort of start a fight, but to say, hey, this is something that we need to work on. And so I think it's always about sort of in that moment, taking that step back to think about where is this coming from and what's the outcome and asking people questions as well. And so, no, if someone says something and, and, you know, you're a bit sure it's just sort of saying, you know, what do you want to change to sort of get a little bit more into that sort of side of it. So you're exploring a bit more. Yeah, yeah, exploring a bit more and getting some more understanding. And tell me, Katie, what do you think has been the impact of this shift in the way you're living um, on your son? What do you think's happened for him? He's really flourished. He's he's really, really flourished. Um, when he's at our house, you know, I just, I know that he feels loved. Mm-hmm. Um, his confidence has really boosted and he knows that he is a safe space. It's really beautiful watching his relationship with my partner. 
um, in the early days. So it was a bit tense at times. You can understand, you know, from Archie having just me to having someone else and sharing that time. That was hard. That was really tricky. But now it's less about I need mum's time and it's like I need family time. And so now he gets a lot of joy from spending time with all of us. Um, obviously with both of us alone as well but it's it's that change from I need one person to I need the unit which has been really helpful yeah he's he's really flourished it's it's quite beautiful actually he's a happy happy boy it's so lovely to hear and have other people noticed the change probably 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 I would say um, I mean, his confidence has has definitely increased and he's not so anxious and, and whatnot. Um, when his father went overseas and, and he came back after a few months, he noticed that a big change in Archie from spending all that time with myself and my partner. And that was, you know, we really put the effort into just making sure that Archie had what he needed and then had our love and had our support over the yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And so now that you've heard yourself saying all of this, um, what do you think your key piece of advice would be for another person who's coming into creating a new family? My piece of advice, I think it's knowing that you're not alone and that your partner has chosen to be with you and they're chosen to be with your child. And so you're, you're not on your own. I think my biggest piece is communicate be open, be honest, appreciate that there will be ups, but there will be downs. And those downs doesn't mean it's over. It just means that you need to work on it together. And so I think it's really putting time into having that communication and and making space for you and your partner and you and your child and them, but also time for yourself. You really do need that. Um, And to talk to people about this, you know, I really wish I'd spoken up a, a, a bit more to other people. So I'd had that support I needed um it's you'd be surprised how many people can understand what you're going through but even if they can't just them listening is quite healthy and and healing Mm. and one of the interesting things is that we live in this really really busy busy life these days how do you create all the time to do what you've been describing you know how how do you make that happen it's hard isn't it because I mean most people are working full-time jobs mm. and you know have sort of limited um energy after work and in the weekends I think it is just it's appreciating each other's energy levels but think, you know simple things like having dinner together you know we, we we need to eat dinner and so it's you know making that space to say well we're going to do this together and afterwards we might be tired and we might go off and do our own thing but for half an hour an hour we're all together um, so it's it's little things like that. It's small things as well. You know, for instance, if you're all going to work together in the morning and the bus or on the car, it's, you know, let's listen to some funny podcast together or let's have a chat or whatnot. And so it's finding those small moments and making it count. Lovely. And the weekends, you can get a lot out, out of your weekends as well, depending on, on what you're into and how you're feeling and, and whatnot. Cool. And so you're really quite deliberate about the space and the times that you have together. That's really lovely, Katie. Thank you for sharing that. What else do you think would be helpful to talk about today? I mean, one thing that I was quite surprised about 
was the lack of support for step parents and because I'm not a step parent I'm the sole parent as much as I can try to understand the perspective of my partner what would have been really helpful is some support for people coming into the dynamic of a parent and a child or children and so I think it's having some sort of you know understanding of what support is out there for people in these situations what advice for them is really good because my advice comes from the, the perspective of a mother mm-hmm. um, and someone who started a relationship with someone and who's raising a child and so it's like how can the, how can people stepping into that step parent role be supported as well mm. so maybe I need to speak to your partner too <laughs> <laughs> hear, hear about it from that perspective it would be interesting because it would tell a very different story. Mm-hmm. And so um, I might um, say thank you very much for talking with me today. I thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me today and for sharing your fabulous ideas Remember, if you want some more support, please go to www.resilientkids.org.nz. Reach out. Um, I'm really happy to reply to an email if you're wanting resources uh, and or to pick up um, some support through coaching or our online parenting course. Uh, Go well. Take care. Thank you.